This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey, everybody. It's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey, guys. This is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Blitz from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunch Bucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from The Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. Episode number 117 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, right here at 1600 Buckslayer Place, right here in the Buckatorium. <laughs> lovely Sherrard, <laughs> Illinois, just practicing my radio voice. That got really annoying really quick. Uh, this is Steve you're hearing right now, and in the studio is Kurt, hello. Eric, and Mark. What? Yep, yep. What's going on? I thought you said nope. I said hello. Oh, I was like, who No, Kurt's not here. <laughs> not he's gone. Not at my own place. It's yeah, no, we're, we're at Kurt's house. He's not here. Take what you want, guys. Uh, how was everyone's Thanksgiving? Fantastic. Good. Wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, I gained uh, about twenty pounds. But. I know. I asked you guys so I could tell you that uh, I uh, I watched a bunch of the Leafs play, my beloved Leafs. I drank Molson. <laughs> yeah, bud, it was good. Molson, Labatt's, and uh, you know, I found out what a newfie is. That <laughs> so, was Canada. Fun. Yeah. Canada. It was great. Yeah, I missed. Uh, I missed going hunting, but uh, you know, it it's kind of nice to spend time with other people's family because you actually get to hear different stories. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, it's, but it's not as cool as, like, going hunting, so, you know, it just... Uh, well, yeah, it, I'm sure that was a good time, Canadian beer. Uh, we got Bush Lattes in the studio, as usual. We do. Um, I, I they're not back. a sponsor, but uh, Bush Light, uh, what's they, going on? They should be. We keep those guys in business. I know. The only people are hashtagging Bush Latte because of us. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, we started no. that. Just pay so. attention, Bush. Let's uh, let's get something exactly. going. Exactly. Well, speaking of hashtags, uh, hashtag Single Pin Nation, HHA Sports. Dude, those guys have been awesome. Uh, we're really, really excited about it. Just every, every day that I get to shoot my bow 
with that site, I find new things that I like about my my optimizer. I got the Kingpin Light. I find new things that I really really enjoy about it every time. And you know what I like about it? When you go to like a public range, you're shooting with your buddies, and they don't have as cool of a site, and you pull it out, they're like, "Dang, what's that? (laughs) What is that? Let me me tell you about this little thing I got here. Yeah, (laughs) this guy here. Well, don't worry about that guy. Yeah, that that, that (laughs) guy. I wouldn't worry about that little guy. Yeah." uh, yeah, they are awesome. Lifetime warranty, good people, good company out of Wisconsin. And uh, we're going there within the next week or so probably mm. to hang out with our good buddy Scott from HHA. Yep. So if anyone has any questions directed to Scott about HHA or the products, feel free to email them over. Um, send anything social media, workingclassbowhunter.com, and we'll get those into the episode. Um, but we're going to go there and see the, see the place of HHA, and we'll take a lot of pictures. and Check out the operation, see how it's all I'm works. sure Steve will do a video or two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, speaking of food, right? Did anyone bring up food? Well, no, they didn't. Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing. Scott, uh, God bless that man, dude. He, <laughs> that dude is always working, and uh, I forgot to get the deer count of what he's up to, but I think they're at... Your only job for this podcast. Yeah, no, I forgot. Well, I've been busy actually working. I don't know what you slobs are doing, but uh, yeah, he's he's checking in deer, and man, they're putting that brand new freezer to work. I mean, it's I haven't even talked to him just because I don't want to like burden his day of, of like just bottom. time. Like, hey, um, yo, Kurt, I don't have any time to talk to you. Like, I have deer to uh, get moving here. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Smith's is a very awesome. They've uh, been great to us. So Viola, Illinois. So you're eastern, uh, eastern Iowa, western and central Illinois. If you can make it without your deer spoiling, head on up. Scent Crusher. Oh, yeah. It's kind of taken over everything scent control, I feel like. And uh, we've gotten a lot of <laughs> emails and comments like, I'm buying one now or I just bought this. Um, can I be honest with you guys about Scent Crusher? I use it way more for everything else other than hunting. Like, I still use it for my hunting gear, but, like, there's times where I don't feel like washing my clothes, and I've, I've really just thrown them in there. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you, man, it was, it was a bad day because I, I had coveralls, and I sweat through my coveralls, and I was like, Dan Drake from Scent Crusher has just enabled you to, like, just be I mean, here. <laughs> I mean, no, I use, I, I use the, the, the bag every time I go hunting, but, like, yeah, I got home, I was like... Yeah, Steve like takes a poop. He's just like, well, I'm just gonna put my butt in here. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It I can't be good enough. Can't <laughs> just do that, Steve. It just doesn't work. That no, way. I know, but it's one of those things that it's like you know you, you still you, have to wash your clothes. You by know. the way, if Dan listens to this plug, he's gonna go. Okay, they're talking about putting their butt in scent crusher bags, and uh, we don't know what's going on. But <laughs> no. it, it actually has kind of changed the game, and it has. Um, I mean, you know, for for a lot of things too. I mean, I'm glad that you know I have something that you know now I can take with me. You know. That helps me hunting, but like in other parts of my life. So yeah, I think scent crushers made my life a whole lot easier. I I talked to our buddy uh Shaky Leaf on Instagram today on the phone. He emailed us and he's like, Man, I want to get in scent crusher. What's the best? So my wife won't kill me. I mean, what should I get? And so I talked to him, gave him some advice. I'm like, eh, you really can't go wrong with any of it, but you know, if you don't want your wife to kill you too bad. <laughs> it's the the bag's a good way to get into it, you know. Yep. It's yeah. You can fit a lot of stuff in it. The closet's awesome because you can organize your stuff, put your boots in there, your whole pack. Coveralls. Your, you can put your entire Badlands pack in there. You can put everything you mm-hmm. own in there. Yep, and uh, and that's kind of nice. It keeps it organized. There's a designated place to put all your hunting gear and nice and in order, yeah, and kinda, you always know where it is. And in the off-season, you can throw it all in there so you're not scrambling when it does come hunting time looking for shit. Exactly. 
So they've uh, they've been good to us. So they have uh, and Badlands packs too, guys. You know we always talk about them. Uh, I'm super happy with the pack I got now. I mean I've uh, basically when I get in a tree, what I'll do is I'll wrap it around because I got the monster pack and I'll wrap it around the tree and like snug it up there and it's just you know so I can. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I can reach around and grab everything that I need and. You know, it's cool because it'll fit, like, three Diet Cokes or whatever. I, I don't drink Diet Coke. I just wanted to see if they'd fit in there, you know, with all my other hunting gear. But, um, yeah, it's got Steve's to, up there with an ice-cold pop. Yeah. <laughs> a nice, uh, refreshing mellow yellow with uh, real tree camo. Have you seen Steve, that? Come on. Yeah. Hey, Steve. come on, man. <laughs> but, no, you have I, a veteran shout-out, don't you? I do have a veteran shout-out. Yeah, <laughs> way to move things along. No, this is actually really cool. Our good buddy Gene, who is also a vet. Uh, sent us this uh, this shout out and thank you, Gino, for your service and for letting us know that um, he met First Sergeant Andrew Southers. Uh, he's an active Marine from Wisconsin, so he probably shoots an HHA. He's a big bow hunter uh, currently, and he's at the arsenal doing Toys for Tots. So, like, that's super cool, man. You know, I, I love the Toys for Tots idea. So, if you can see any of those boxes, you know, the Marines always put them on, give uh, a present to kids in need. Uh, you know, thank you, Andrew, for not only doing that for the kids, but also, you know, protecting our freedom to uh, do this podcast in English and not Russian. So thank you for that again. Um, we're just, man, it it just really tickles me. You know, every time you, you hear about bow hunters that are doing really good things and veterans that are doing good things. And when they're a combo. It's even better. Yeah, it's even better. And they deserve all the respect uh, in the world. Thank you so much for that. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. You guys want to add to that? Uh, you you always do a good job with the veteran shout-outs, and uh, you, you're better at getting all heartfelt than mm-hmm. I am. But, no, we really do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully he, I guess Gino said they're going to try and shoot and handle it, and so that would be awesome. Shoot bows. and. Oh, really? They're going to oh, they're gonna link up? I think so, yeah. That would awesome. be awesome. So, yeah. That's cool. He's going to hopefully be a new listener, and he'll appreciate the shout-out, and uh, we'll, maybe we can keep him around. What if he's uh, like, this podcast sucks? Jeez, why'd this guy even God, show no, me this? Dude, he's like, you gave him my name? I want to bow hunt and shoot my bow less now. No. <laughs> but like, uh, man, these guys led me to drinking. <laughs> this episode, we basically decided to do kind of, we just put a few posts out on all forms of social media, like just throw questions at us, we'll answer them. Random and, questions. And we'll just talk about them and we'll get steve belligerent and see what happens and uh yeah but uh that's always a good idea guys right now illinois second shotgun season is going on started yesterday so this one's like the thursday friday saturday sunday season and um good luck out there our critters our first shot good luck out there deer yeah (laughs) yeah our first shotgun starts tomorrow in iowa and that's how how first shotgun first season shotgun what's it goes uh saturday through tuesday Okay, and then it closes for the rest of the week, and then the following Saturday it opens up for a whole week, a solid Saturday week? to wow. Sunday. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. yeah. So I can't bow hunt again until the nineteenth. Yeah, let's not model our season after Iowa, after all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. I like when it starts, but that's too many days. Right? Maybe, maybe delete <laughs> Illinois first shotgun and just make it like Monday through. Make go. it Tuesday through Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Second, you know. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, how Mackey people go, oh, I got to take off work. Cool. You got to take off work if you want to turkey hunt anyway. You know? <laughs> right. So, so what's the difference? Yeah, apparently you don't love deer hunting that much if you can't take off shotgun season. If it's 
On Monday, Tuesday. Through th- Monday through Thursday. No, Tuesday through Thursday. Starts at 8.45 in the morning, ends at 3.15 in the afternoon. <laughs> you better get it done then. Right, and you got to take your lunch break. There's a half-hour lunch. Oh, yeah, it it's a union-mandated lunch break, so make sure if uh, you don't bring your lunch bucket, you better go if you're smoking some cigarettes. <laughs> oh, man, you know how mad everyone would be? I don't really hope that, but golly, would it be funny it's for funny a few years. Oh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be hilarious. Dude, yeah. you'd, be, you'd have those guys, man, that every year they'd still, I tagged out at 901. <laughs> like, how does this guy do it? But Oh, that's funny. But Illinois' season's going on, and it's, <laughs> you know, I, did I, won't, s- be, I won't be out this week. And I got a Christmas tree to get. Yeah. What, you, you haven't bought it from Walmart yet? No, I'm going to chop one down because, I mean, I don't know how that's good for the environment. They, they plant another one, I'm sure. <laughs> but no, You're it, Paul it's Bunyan good for the it? environment. <laughs> yeah, well, it's whatever. It's just a, go out to the timber and just pick out a nice lush one. You, put, just a, you put a flannel jacket on and your <laughs> oh, yeah. bucket hat. For sure I am. I'm going to go out there and probably get shot at. Some of think I'm a deer. Better put on some blaze orange. <laughs> hey, did you see uh, for like Black Friday, Elite had like Elite archery ornaments? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they had two of them, and they had, like, the uh, glasses, and I was actually going to try and buy some, but, man, they sold out really quick. You know what we should do? We should get, like, the clear, cheap ones from Walmart and put our working class bow hunter stickers on them. Oh, we should. Sell them. And sell them for 50 bucks. (laughs) (laughs) These are special made. Autograph them. Yeah, made by a four-year-old Chinese kid, and then put us, or we put our stickers on it. (laughs) We can figure something out. Um, let's do. Let's get to some questions. Let's All do right. the. Uh, one do the Facebook one first. Yeah, let's there's start a few there. on there, and we got some scattered ones, and we got some uh, some interesting detailed ones that'll take up. Yeah, a lot. But there uh, were some people that I was like, man, have you been waiting to ask us that? Because that's pretty detailed. Let's do. Um, let's do the actually the Instagram one for Mark first about. Um, so for our that was our first question too. I think I, I believe it was. I don't remember. My week's been crazy. Um, Aaron eight fifty nine on Instagram. Yeah, he's he's my friend. Okay. And uh, <laughs> let me see. I think He's Mark, I sent those too. to you. Did I not screenshot all the way? Yeah, okay. He did. He's shot this buck. I believe this is a public land buck. And basically, he does undecided. He has it caped out, and he won't, we're going to vote. He said, "Do I do a shoulder mount or do I do a skull mount?" And we all have a picture of this. I'll post one up later um, on our social media so you guys can see it. I say shoulder mount it, Steve. picture again here i got it right here uh let me see man. this is i, I don't know really i think good, like uh, this is not really a good question for people listening yeah i don't know you know what though uh i think a skull mount would be kind of cool okay eric i'm looking at it right now i go I, shoulder yeah, mount. if i shot that i would shoulder mount it. on public ground yeah yeah mark mark uh, i've been torn about this this is it this is what decides it yeah Oh, man. You're the deciding factor right now. You know how pictures are hard to tell. You guys think it's a three-year-old or two-year-old? Where's he at again? Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, it might be three then. I'd mount it. That's public ground, man. I've been thinking Euro. Oh, it's a draw. It's a tie. It's a a tie. It's not very fun. (laughs) Sorry, man. If you get Aaron eight fifty nine on Instagram, I'm sure I don't know if he's got Aaron a flip a coin. Yeah, I can or tell you guys can go there and let him know. I say yeah. vote or flip a three sided coin, dude. <laughs> so if he does do a shoulder, what? So I guess the left side of this deer is weaker, I believe. Yep. yep. It's like a six point side, and the other side's like your typical four point side. And he wants to know if since the left side's weaker. 
Here's my question for Mark. Left side. What Strong form side. do I choose to show off that left side that's what would be the deer's right side that's taller? Yeah. Um, I would actually turn the deer's head if you th- act like you're the deer, not looking at him, but act like you're the deer. I would go head right. Um, you know, something like, you know, semi sneak, semi semi upright. Um, but I would go head right because what you kind of want to do is show off the inside of the larger side. Because someone's so, going to look directly into that? Gonna, yep, they're going to look to the inside of that, and they're going to be able to see that bigger side where that, if you turn it the other way, they actually, sometimes the tines line up when you're looking at a deer, and if you turn it the other way, you'll see the inside of the smaller side, mm-hmm. and that will actually you know, attract your eye more. So you want to... S- See, the inside of the bigger side is what most taxidermists would tell you. Yeah, I I, I think you're full of it. I think you should do a skull mount. That's that's don't listen to what Mark says. (laughs) The the only reason I voted that way was because it is different looking on the other side. Um, If it was a super symmetrical eight-pointer just like the the deer's right side, I would say mount it. Um, But since it's, you know, it's a little bit kind of got weird antler on the left side. So that's why I went European, just because it's not typical or symmetrical and good right. ca- good candidate for a Euro. But a but good bleached white skull, man, looks oh, good yeah. on anything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? Even I mount some guys small first deer that they've ever shot. So it's kind of what's personal to you. Is this the first deer you've ever shot? Was it special because it was on public ground? Uh, were you with your son? Were you with your dad? Was right. it something? You the know, memory. So, Something so, special about it. Yeah. Emotionally, now you've got to decide yourself since it was a tie. Right. <laughs> right. So <laughs> sorry about that. We yeah. tried, buddy. But uh, good luck to you. Great buck. And congratulations on that, especially public ground, man. That's, that's yeah, incredible. Yeah. I'm getting that. Uh, I'm getting that doe skull mounted. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, Amy big, likes to decorate them and that's that's cool. Yeah. Big um, shout out to Sean uh, Herman. He does like bone white taxidermy. So he does like here at locally. So he's been doing yeah, some really cool we're stuff. We're going to get him on a podcast just to talk about it because he does the uh, dermatized beetles. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sean Herman, quality European skull mounts. Um, Facebook.com forward slash bone white taxidermy. Yeah. I've just been seeing some of the stuff. Like I, I get this. When I dropped that head off. I was like, look, and I was like, oh, man, dude, that's. That's cool. I want that. I want that. I want that. Let's so, talk yeah. about something real Let's, quick while we're on the European subject. Have we talked about the Velvet Euro yet? No, we the haven't. Product. Uh-huh. So um, back to Aaron real quick. If you do do a skull mount, like you can use do Yeah, did I say that? He said doo-doo. If you do do, <laughs> that's funny. Good catch. You catch on to that stuff, man. It's, it's a good I thing. I catch all the doo-doo guys. Um, <laughs> so if you use a skull hooker, you can adjust the skull <laughs> to see the inside of that one beam that Mark was talking about on the wall. Correct. But you can adjust it any way you want, right? Yep. So you can Yeah, you can turn If you it. don't like it one way, you can just turn it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. skull hooker is a pretty good option, but Mark completed the Velvet Euro from the Roadkill buck um that I picked up in June. Yeah, I believe it was June, late June or something, right? Yeah, holy crap, man. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah thing turned out beautiful, didn't it? It looks amazing. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a it's a pearl. Yeah, everybody. It's everybody. You know, looks at a euro and they think, "Oh, well, it's been boiled and it's been, you know, it's cleaned and whitened and right." Yeah. But what we had to do to that one was completely different. I'm surprised you gave Mark away said your doo again. I didn't. I didn't give away the secret. You posted the, how you detached the antlers. Just the rods. To, to, yeah, just the. I'll give that secret away. I'm surprised you even did that though. Well, somebody, uh, somebody on Instagram 
uh, gave me a question. You know, hey, how did you do that? Did you separate the antlers? How'd you do it with velvet on there? Uh huh. And not have the velvet go bad. And I told him I separated them. You know, you had to take the antlers off and then, you know, treat each part separately. Right. The skull, do the skull, and then do the antlers. So <clears throat> I didn't give away the secret how to preserve the antlers. Yeah, we can't even talk about that. But, <laughs> no, the skull looks incredible, man. Secret, secret. I got it. Secrets. It's hanging in the living room, like in the corner with the skull hookers, like angling in towards the center of the living room. And then I got the three big bucks on the wall. And it's just my living room is turning into the uh, – just the wall of my or the the room of my biggest bucks. And I got two more to throw in there. Are we um, just all gonna start hanging our bucks here from now on? Just, I wouldn't be opposed just to it. Fill your living room from <laughs> Sam floor might to be ceiling. like, "Well, come on, like you know, let's not do let's not do that." But uh, yeah, they're a whole lot more work than just a regular European mount. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you want it done, you can pay for it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, it, it's worth it. It's to find to get an Illinois buck like that to run across it. I can't believe someone didn't swipe it up before I did. Yeah. Um, here's another question. This is sent in directly. Um, this this one was slid into our DMs, as Steve <laughs> would say. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Um, at Joel Cook um, on Instagram. Um, he's a big supporter of us, so we really appreciate that. I Good, have a send us money. Question or topic for the show? <laughs> tree st- <laughs> tree stands. I don't. I feel like I don't hear um, you guys talk about them often. What style brands do you guys prefer? I'm just curious. Uh, do you kill a lot of deer out of climbers or ladder stands? What is your preference and why? <laughs> well, who wants to go first? Uh, I'll tell you one that um, it, the the stand I put up at. Uh, I bought one. I went to Menards. I bought one of those big dog. I think it was like the Tomcat or something. It was thirty nine thirty nine dollar one. Yeah, but and my big ass got into that, and I just. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a comfortable stand. I mean, it's just, it's little, you know, you're sitting in there and it's like off center. So you're like always like leaning forward, you know, and I, I don't know. It keeps you on your toes. Cause like you, you need to keep like, you know, like you, if I feel like if like I zone out a little bit too much, I'm just going to fall. Cause like, I feel like I always have to be, I'm waiting for you to be like, I kill most of my 200 inch deer out of the those oh, yeah. big dog yeah. stands. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't know. That's, uh, um, I got a big game that I didn't – it's one of those platinum ones, dude. It's so heavy, and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just I, – I don't know. I didn't – Mark? Um, I use a lot of ladder stands because, like, like I said before, my dad hunts with me, and he's getting older. He's kind of scared of heights, bigger guy, so he doesn't like to do the, you know, hang-ons. But I absolutely prefer the hang-ons and, you know, 25 feet up. Right. So as right. far as a brand – um, basically, you know, I, I, I'd love to have the lone wolves, stuff like that, but I don't spend that much money on them. So right. I'm kind of a shorter guy, not that big. So pretty much anything works for me. What's you know, the, the o- OMP? Is that what the XOP? XOP. Uh, I don't know what that is. Um, like, um, the guy that started lone wolf, branched oh, off okay. and started his own company. Oh, okay. Economy. Company. Yeah. So basically, like you said, big game is probably mostly what I use. Because it's cheaper. Most you know, working class guys can afford it. You know, for sure, for you sure. Just get a ladder sure. or whatever. E rock. I am a big fan of Lone Wolf's, the Alpha with the climbing sticks and everything. But oh, yeah. I can only afford one. Yeah. So <laughs> they're pricey, man. But yeah, dude, our yeah. our boy Ross Bigger, uh, he's got like thirty six <laughs> of them. That guy loves Lone Wolf's. He was he's like, man, if I could buy a pallet of these, I would. 
and I'm not doubting him. Yeah, I, I, I really think he <laughs> I think would. he did. Um, <laughs> but I like I'll go with the cheap ones from Menards if I you know for afternoon or morning sets. The Lone Wolf I'll usually use for an all day set. Mm-hmm. I mean, but because it's more comfy and right. I don't use but climbers. D- you guys use climbers? Nope. You I know, never have. I, I have one time in the past when I was younger, and every time I've almost died, it's been in a climber. Really? I do not like them. Well, you know, my it's dad is the climber expert. Like, my dad has killed, he's killed his 180 with a climber. All of my dad's big, big bucks that were killed with a climber, and it was basically his first time in. Mm. Um, he, he would say climber by far. Really? You put the climber on your back, you go into a new spot, fresh hang hunt, and that's your best chances of killing a right. deer. It really just right. is. It's right. you really. I don't think you can really argue that too much. I say, I'd say if you go traveling out west or something like that, you where you're going to go to like public ground where you don't right. know anything about it. But most of us, most people, go to the woods ahead of time, figure out where they're going to hang their stand, they right. hang them, and right. then they go to hunt them. You know. So for me, I always found that got to have a tree saw in your pocket because there's never you do. There's yep. branches yep. the whole way you're going up. You do. Or you're going to find a crooked tree or it's big at the bottom and gets smaller as you go. So you got to adjust the thing. I just, I I don't like them. Yeah, if I hang and hunt, a lone wolf all day long. Yeah. Here's I'll go, my. I'll go pull it down and take the lone wolf. Right, yeah. yeah. My theory nah, is. Let's move on since it's Kurt. I like, <laughs> I have two lone wolves and I like the lone wolf sticks, but man, I've become real accustomed to like the river's edge grip sticks. Yeah. cheap yep. and they're yep. sturdy they're so sturdy and the thing is you know i like my lone wolves but i've almost like uh developed a taste for the cheaper tree stands like the ones you'll get at walmart or farm and fleet that you get for 35 40 bucks on i'm sale. telling you midwest guys menards is killing it with yeah their hunting oh menards yeah are. but what i'll do is like a lot of guys are like well i'm on a budget like okay what you would have spent on and there's an argument like well they're not as safe they're not built as well yeah. you got to check your straps and i'll replace the bolts check the cables inspect them oh yeah and um Actually, the one that I shot my buck out of this year, I gave it to Eric for a couple of weeks, and he <laughs> rewelded some I had stuff. To, I had on to repair it a little bit. You used that piece of shit. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I shot my buck out of. Really? Yeah. That that I was, thought that when. Thing. Oh no! I thought when you had that, I thought you were joking. You said you're gonna have Eric fix that. No, he fixed it, and oh. I, I I hung it. It's like the Taj Mahal now. <laughs> oh, good God! Yeah. Really? Yeah. The yeah. uh, the <laughs> the grate on it's broken. We got to weld yeah, that we baby fix back that, on. But that, no big deal. The right side of the grate on the stand was going. Pop, pop, like popping in and out. Yeah, the expanded metal so, came loose. So <laughs> yeah, when my butt came in, he was at six yards. I was standing on, like, if you divided that small platform in half, I was all the way on the left side, <laughs> <laughs> like, tiptoeing when I shot him, which is unsafe. And but, it's uh, one of those tiny, cheap but stands, that's, too. The style I prefer is the, the, the small hang-ons, small, because you can hide them and get them anywhere you need to, um, and they're light. And uh, brands, River's Edge, big game, yeah. any of the smaller ones, um, if you can afford and splurge and get a real nice one, you know that can be the one you take with you when you yeah. move it around. But really, my theory is if I'm if I'm at Farm and Fleet or Walmart and I see those grip sticks on sale, I'll buy four of them and another yeah. hang on, keep it in my truck. Oh, this one's doing this. Oh, I'd like to hang a stand over there. Give yourself options. Buy a bunch of cheap stands. Give yourself a bunch of options for different wins and and those cheap sticks too. What I do is, you know, they somewhat stack together so you can right. Oh, you can put them on your stand, wrap strap them to the stand, and then I buy the. Uh, they make those big game backpack straps for your stand. Oh yeah, yep. for like five bucks. Mm-hmm. So you can buy those and then carry it in as a backpack with your sticks and everything on it. Right. It, it is hard to uh, hard to beat like the the lone wolf how all the sticks stick together and how light right, that is. So if you're taking that in, I mean that's 
Right. You know, it's but like, even God, like the maybe. ones that those climbing sticks at Menards, the horseshoe looking ones, they still stack together somewhat yeah. and just take one of the straps and strap it right to the stand. I think I've killed almost every deer, but I mean, like the first few were out of a ladder stand, but every deer in the last, I don't know, since oh, since 2006 has been killed out of a hang on. So it's. I've never even, I don't think I've ever even sat in a ladder stand before. Um, I like ladder stands. So, he, <laughs> so yeah, on a budget, man, if you know, if your wife won't let you splurge and buy a bunch of lawnmowers, Menards and Walmart won't hurt those little yeah. ones. Those just, big dogs, yeah. Don't get the thirty nine dollar one. Get like the one that's uh, like the forty eight dollar. Like maybe it's like fifty six. A little bit bigger platform. You'll be more comfy. But, oh yeah. Uh, but get a you're packing get, in. Get the smaller one. Get a better seat. Too, because that seat is gonna wear oh, out. It's terrible. Really fast. So get like uh, get one of them. They they call them like the fat boys. They're like like inch and a inch and three eighths worth of foam or whatever. Do you have like the that? extra fat boy? No, I want those? I want one. But yeah, I, I would suggest that if you're gonna get that uh, one of those cheap stands, get a like good seat cushion. Let's uh let's move on to the uh we'll go to the personal page ones if you guys want or whatever yeah, questions no, you guys ahead. had ready is that all that was on the that was on uh, what i have on well we can just do instagram since we're on it go ahead um i didn't have them pulled up because there i got it um you know we actually had uh, nick mcadams uh and dan solon they they both said uh you know hey topic uh, this is nick mcadams he said topic late season tactics food plots etc I've never had much luck late season. Uh, would like to change that next year. And then Dan Solon said it's second late season tactics. Um, when and where are you hunting? All day, mornings, just evenings, food sources, funnels, bedding areas, travel routes. What are you doing to optimize <laughs> optimizer your late season successes in the woods? Thanks, guys. So I'll go, I guess. So my property that I've hunted, um, I used to hunt ground. They had everything um, that you could imagine, like cornfields, bean fields, winter wheat, hay field, you know, all all the the works. I feel like I saw the most deer on grains late season, and it was always at night, late at night, like last light. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I'm not hunting an unpressured farm. That's a farm that's been hunted all year, right? And so it seems like, in my experience. I'm only going to hunt in the afternoons and I'm not going to be in a hurry to get out in the middle of the day. No, you know, I'm going to be way more relaxed. What I noticed a lot this year too, is, uh, we got a big cornfield where on one of our properties and I set up about 50 yards into the timber. Cause those, the does will automatically go out there about four o'clock, mm-hmm. mostly every day, like a clock, but <laughs> four o'clock, like a clock, mostly yeah, like every day, a clock. <laughs> but, and uh, there you go. The bucks won't go out in the field till it's totally dark, but they'll come close to it and check the field, kind of scan it. So you, you're trying right. to catch them in between there. That's a good, yeah, that's a good tip for sure. I, uh, yeah, I guess this. this Steve new... doesn't like cold. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I guess, pretty yeah, that. no, I just, uh, I, I like to uh, watch hunting shows during late season. He has no time. <laughs> Can't blame no, you sometimes. I think, um, I don't know. I, I think this, because uh, I, I've, I got. The new property that I'm hunting, there it's this giant alfalfa field where I shot the doe at. So I'm just going to kind of keep hunting the way I'm hunting now. You know, I don't think I'm going to change anything. I think I'll uh, probably try and get out in the morning, late morning, and just kind of sit there, maybe see what, if they bed, if they start trying to trickle in. Late get season food. or 
I don't know. I'll, I'll try it because I don't know anything about how the deer move on this property, really. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I see them kind of sporadically, but right. I mean, I haven't been there enough to really get a grasp on. For sure. Yeah. Marky Mark? Yep. If uh, if you were going to try and improve it for next year, I would try to plant uh, some kind of beans if you could. Leave beans up. Beans are a magnet late season when it gets cold. Stainy beans are oh, there's unbelievable. A, well, there's Better. a corn. Yeah, there's a corn field like right there. I don't know if it'll be a bean field, but it's like it touches the alfalfa field. Yeah. But if I think one of the guys said if I can improve it for next year, right? Or would you make um, changes or maybe not? Maybe I'm just. I, so I'd like that. to. Cha- I've never had much luck late season. Would like to change that next yep. year. Oh, well, I thought you were talking to me. Next I'm year, sorry, I would Mark. try to set up a food plot. Maybe late season, uh, mix some brassica with some clover and some different. Little mm-hmm. food plot if you can't do beans. Um, usually late season, I'm an afternoon guy. Same thing. Uh, don't go into the woods that far because uh, deer usually don't bed that far from their food late season. Yep, that's a good point. Um, a lot of times they'll be uh, laying on south-facing slopes to get that uh, to get the sun All warming day. them up. Yep, um, and yeah, just. Uh, afternoons and, and and not that far in, off the edge of the field and in probably grains and and do some food plots of some sort that for sure. are for late season food okay that's i, I don't know hunting late season's real tough it is and you know you see on all the hunting shows they got big bucks walking out early and there's just deer everywhere yeah you know that's <laughs> not realistic for most of us and it's just not we're gonna see i see a lot less deer late season yep. and they've been pressured and hunted like crazy I actually, I haven't seen a deer since, I seen a, a buck chasing a doe the day after I shot my buck this year, November 6th. Yeah. I have not seen a deer since. Yeah. I'm Literally. So either. that's going to, sh- that there shows you guys like we hunt real property and we're just some bum dudes with a podcast. <laughs> Those guys are doing um, exactly what I said. They got beans or food plot and they're not pressuring and they're right? just. Yeah. It's key, know. man. Well, it's they key. got the only food source within um, 20 yeah, miles. Yeah. Yeah. This one isn't a question. Um, popular science writes, nice with a rocket ship. Um, <laughs> I'd like to add to that. <laughs> Thank you, popular science. Um, La Monica hey, hunts. You know what? I bet they followed us because they know that we know that the Earth is flat. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That's probably yeah. To that's got to be it. They know it. They heard <laughs> it, be it, and they know. Yeah, they're like, yeah. Where's the horizon, huh? Or where's the where's the crust? That's fifteen miles. Oh yeah. Yeah. People who think the Earth is round. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, I didn't think so. That's right. <laughs> La Monica hunts. Um, cooking recipes or ways of cooking venison you guys do or use? Um, deer heart. Deer the, heart's a good one? No. The, the only way you cook deer heart is you have Papa Dave come over and fry it up for you. That, yeah. <laughs> what was that Ooh. box of stuff he used? Magic. Frying magic. Just fry magic. Fry magic. Oh, yeah. boy. Yeah, With, uh, so we took uh, – I ate – uh, three or four deer hearts this year, and uh, we cooked the deer heart from my doe, from my buck, from your doe, and uh, basically cut all the where the white hard stuff is on the heart. If you guys have never tried it, give it a shot. It's real good, and it makes you feel good about it. It does, know. yeah. It brings good luck. You cut all the hard stuff off, trim the white hard stuff mm-hmm. off too, and then slice an eighth inch slices or whatever, however you want to do it. Real thin. Yep. Egg, fry magic, fry it, and uh, butter. Oh, and then uh, jalapenos. Onions and a green pepper. Optional, but delicious. Oh, it's mushrooms. N- there's no option. Um, backstrap, grill them, and when you know they're, I mean, when they look good. I mean, meat lo- meatloaf's from Smith's. Wrap, yeah, wrap the whole entire backstrap with bacon. That's, That's what I way. do, except oh, I, I slit the backstrap down the center, don't cut all there the way through it, and then 
You can stuff cheese in there and onions and mushrooms and then wrap in bacon. I got an idea for you guys or a theory. Do you think – I know bacon is delicious. Don't punch me, okay, (laughs) when I say this. Has bacon ruined wild game? No. No. Uh, Yeah. I kind of believe it has. Kurt, I'm I'm with you because – Bacon never ruins anything. Because no. (laughs) That's another idea. No, Kurt, I'm I'm right there with you because you got a bunch of these jamokes. That keep trying. They keep trying to put. What's a jamoke? Just an idiot. <laughs> but what? If, wait. What? If I didn't you mean rap- to call you out, Mark. That no. wasn't my intention. No, no, because they put bacon on everything. But you know what? There are times that I'm guilty of it. Like I, uh, I cook these. Uh, they call it, like I saw some dude made it, and he's like, they call it a, a bacon buck burger. You know, whatever. If you just get venison, but it's like an egg. And instead of like breadcrumbs, you fry up bacon and put it in there because that fat will hold it together. And then like. Worcestershire and A1, and you, you bring it in there. So you get a nice little crunch, too. Well, do you which, guys, do you have any, like, a secret? Well, it wouldn't be a secret, but, like, a, your recipe, you're like, man, I cook it this way. Like, this is my, the thing I go to when I have wild game in the freezer. I don't because I don't cook that much. My wife will take uh, our burger and she'll put cheese in it and cut up small pieces of bacon, put mm-hmm. it in there. And she's part Hispanic, so she gets that, we call it Mexican lard, puts that oh, in, mixes really? it all mm. up in a big bowl together. Oh. And then she'll make the patties, and then I'll grill them, and they're fantastic. Yeah. That Whoa. Mexican lard, yes, oh, boy, dude. yes. Tasty. My, my burgers, my special thing is uh, brown sugar. Oh, there yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. I you love brown sugar. <laughs> yeah, we did. Burgers. I was making uh, venison burgers one day. It was before a podcast. Eric came over like, throw some brown sugar in there. I don't know how you talk. Game changer right I there. I loved it. Sam boys. hated it. <laughs> Get it? Really? Game changer. Yep. Seems like it's too sweet. I oh. don't do steaks, per se, but when I used to, I had a buddy of mine that came over, and she's like, oh, well, we're going to make steaks. I'll do it. Oh, and she? she's like, yeah, she's like, told me the night before, soak them in milk. And I'm like, soak them in milk? Yeah, put them in a bowl, soak them in milk overnight. Best deer steak I've ever had in my life. Really? Oh, really? Yep. She said, I will have your finest milk steak. <laughs> People who watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia I, I get that reference. I don't cook. I have to look stuff up. Right, yeah. I kind of just wing it and then learn the hard way yep. sometimes. The most deer, cooking I do is on the grill, and that's about it. Yeah, deer milk same. steak and jelly beans. I'll butterfly my back straps yeah. usually. It's so good, man. You can't go wrong. I, I've seen people eat backstrap raw. Oh, really? really? Why couldn't you? Yeah. Well, you could. You can do anything. You can. Oh, you, you can know eat what? hamburger raw if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, you could do it without worrying. With, I mean, as long as you were clean about it. I did want to try tongue, and I forgot. I ate heart raw, a venison heart raw. Well, not did a whole it? heart, but, like, I ate a bite of it raw. Me and Ty- my buddy Tyler Ringholm did. You want to try a deer tongue? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I say I've had cow tongue, but I haven't had deer tongue. I wonder, I wonder how good it it probably tastes the same. Let's try it. Which one of you boys is going to eat some deer nuts? Let's yeah. get back to that vet real quick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all, three, all three of you guys are running. Steve's, oh, Steve's still in it. We got mixed up. I said Steve was out. Yeah, because yeah, I forgot it. it was a buck. You're yeah, and then it was, it was that next day, too. You guys are like, yeah, guys, you're going to be on that bet. And I'm like, bet a I was, about, I was about this close. <laughs> what happens right if tonight? none of you guys... Kill well, a buck. I guess we're all. So, well, we're I guess we're all eating. Yeah, we're all eating nuts or something. <laughs> Probably Rocky Mountain oysters. I'll order some some nuts offline. I'll order some. Yeah, I'll order some. Yeah, be be careful which websites you go to, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in trouble, man. I got two year olds. That's all I got. I keep passing twos. I'm yeah, never even see the next buck I see, it's going down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude, I, I want to yeah. see Steve eat some deer nuts. I gotta no. be careful how I word that. <laughs> Does a button buck count? <laughs> <laughs> if it's got something there, hey. it counts. <laughs> Nah, I mean, nuts are nuts, I guess, but moving on. Um, this is a cool question, kind of a detailed question. It might take up some time, which is cool, whatever. 
Um, <laughs> whitetail experience on Instagram. Um, it's whitetail underscore experience. I would love to hear a summary of the properties each of you hunt, size and terrain features, but the strategy each of you use on them and how your hunting style changes based on the piece and time of year. If you hunt three farms, tell me about all three. Ooh, man, that's a really detailed He's like, question. send me coordinates. Well, since I have uh, <laughs> very limited property to hunt, I'll explain mine. Mine's kind of broken up into two pieces. Uh, the one property um, where I killed my buck is basically a ravine that runs basically east-west. And it's one big ravine with a couple of draws running off it and uh, a creek in the middle. And it doesn't really hold deer, um, but they will move through there, especially during the rut. For instance, when I killed my buck, he's moving through through the natural terrain feature. The ravine kind of – the ravine, the way the creek runs, bring, brings them to a pinch, and that's right where I killed my buck. Um, but, you know, that's – I guess that's the quickest way to answer that one. That's how they, utili- they utilize that terrain by funneling them through there. I set up there on that south wind. On the other side of the pinch, my buck came strolling through there. Other than that, they don't really bed there um, that I've seen. So you're, you're pretty much just catching them passing, coming yeah, through. Yeah, it's like a travel corridor is basically yep. all it is. And then the other piece is a creek line and maybe with an acre of timber on one end and a strip of trees and some CRP. And uh, that's where my dad shut his buck this year. And basically, I'm assuming that buck was better than the CRP and came out and uh, – it's weird. There's really, like, nothing else around it. I think they just run through there in, in preparation for the rut from probably from one timber way the hell over to the east and then another timber way the hell over to the west. Checking think, it out. Yep, I think they're just in there when the crop's in there. All the crop's out, and the neighbor's tearing down trees right now. Yep. So um, not a, lot, a whole lot going on down there. But that's, in a nutshell, my whole ground and hunting. So haven't seen a whole lot of deer besides that this year. Yeah, that's kind of mine how mine all are too they're just small patches of timber and it's pretty much right place right time you know you play the wind and you can't really know when they're going to be there or not you can't really pattern them that yeah, well get your butt in the stand and yeah try yeah, it yours is kind of sporadic uh, i feel like some like where you killed your buck last year was like just on a strip of it was like a like a fence line wasn't it uh kind of like maybe half an acre timber with a cemetery connected to the timber so that's part of the timber so it's like maybe half an acre of woods it kind of sounds like where my how my dad shot his buck this year in the same way that's just how it is it's because it's right next to it well their next field over probably 600 yards away is a scott county park so yeah way to give just, away your location i think they just come there private ground yeah, yeah they just come from there to this piece and then go there's another big piece of timber about 500 yards away so i think they just travel i think through i remember there. you showing me that property on like google maps and i'm like there Yep, <laughs> and it was one of those spots. So I, I bet you drive by it, and you're like, oh, "There's no deer there." Well, because the only thing you can see from the road is a little bit of timber, and then the cemetery. So you're like, "Okay, there's never gonna be any deer in there." But right, they travel through there all the time. Mark, we've talked about your property a lot. Yeah, it's just a thin <laughs> strip. Unfortunately, there's not much to talk about. Um, I live uh, by the Green River, and there's a Green River dike behind me. Uh, there's a strip of timber that's about. 50 yards wide that runs along the dike. Um, it's 85 acres, but the whole entire thing's pretty much cornfield. Mm-hmm. Um, there's probably 9, 10 acres of timber. It's just a thin strip. Uh, there's only probably two does uh, with fawns that bed there, maybe two two-year-olds that bed there. 
Um, no mature bucks bed there. They bed to the west. There's a tiny bit to the east of the timber down the way a couple miles, but not much. So during the rut, they will run through my little strip. Um, you know, east and west, they don't, there's nothing north. There's a road to the south and the rivers to the north. So they just go east and west. So I can't hunt an east or a west wind or I'm busted. Yeah. So I got to wait for a north or a south. Um, I, but we do put up, you know, quite a few stands in there. Me and my dad hunt it and my son. So we put up uh, two stands in case two guys go every time almost. So we try to just barely tiptoe into the woods. So, you know, it's such a fragile spot. We try not to go in too deep. Uh, we go, we have two stands for north and northwest wind, anything north, northeast, northwest. And then we have three stands up for s anything south, south, southwest, mm -hmm. southeast. So basically, you know, is it going north or south today? That's where we go. Right. And we get next to the river as close as we can so no deer can get downwind of us behind us. Give you the slip. Yep. And get then, in between you. Yep. And our north stands are just touch the timber, five yards, ten yards, go in, and stay as far to the south of that timber as you can. Mm -hmm. So nothing can get downwind of you unless it's out in the open field. Right. And it's basically... Sit you on your butt, and if something comes through, it's coming through. You know what I'd like to see, like uh, um, our buddy Clark uh, from uh, Name the Game, mm -hmm. um, respect, respect the game. The game. I was game. trying not to get that mixed up, <laughs> and I did. They're both elite shows. Clark Cummins, yeah, Clark Cummins Diesel knows Cummins. Um, I'd like to see him break down your property because remember he was talking about, and uh, Clint Casper was also talking yep. about using. The wind to where the it's to the deer's advantage, but where it can also work for you. That'd be really hard on your property, but I would like to just like. Actually, it's super easy on my property because I know how they travel from where they come from the west from the bedding area, so I do that. I hunt certain stands certain ways. You know, if I know that a certain bucks come across this creek, traveling along that Green River, I will go to certain stands because I know they're gonna go that way because the wind is in their advantage right right so they are moving a certain way because okay well maybe if you flip-flop it, it's kind of obvious but i just yeah, think it's limited yeah. area it'd be like well man i mean what if they come over from this way I'm well that's the thing too you're you're gonna play the wind to your advantage but again you never know where they're gonna come from right hashtag yeah. scent crusher yes yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> then we've already put a couple plugs in through <laughs> if, I, if i owned the farm and could design it and put in food plots and add more trees and and you know some warm summer grasses then yes i would absolutely make points come out so i could hunt east and west winds you right, know, right. And I can, you know, I could also, you know, use dikes or ditches to try to, you know, dig or build dirt, you know, because I right. hunt right behind my house. So I can walk right to my spot. So right, right. I would make hilly areas or ditches or dikes so they wouldn't see me. How cool that'd be, man. You know, I was talking oh, to someone the other day that so you bring right. that up. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I would love to buy this little 20 acres of timber. And, oh, yeah, there's 60 more acres, but it's all tillable. I'd buy that tillable. And just plant trees, yep. but then like, yeah, you don't realize like you would be losing so much money. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. But yeah. think about it though, like, would it be worth it? It probably would. I think oh, I would yeah. really enjoy it. Like, yeah, whatever, it'll sell for two grand an acre later down right, the road, right. and not ten. Not or, if you sell it to a deer hunter. Not a, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, I would love to just design a property. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, there's not a ditch there. I want to create a pinch point. Hey, uh, hey, Bob, you want to bring your excavator out here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a ditch, That's big what I boy. do all day when I never see deer. Is I 
plan my design someday so when I can buy it. Right. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? And I'll do speaking that. Of, speaking <laughs> of Ross, hey, you can have him uh, come over and spill diesel all over your food plots. <laughs> um, another question from my took experience, like a follow-up. I'd also like to have a gear breakdown, maybe a quick bow setup, arrow, arrow heads, rest, then maybe your releases, camo and outerwear, uh, maybe some stand talk. We already did that. Um, it's like pillow talk, but for men. So we'll talk about that. And he has, this is a cool question. Maybe stuff that you feel makes you successful that aren't well known. Could that be the heater vest Eric uses? <laughs> no, it's Deerheart. I think it's amazing. It's <laughs> um, yeah, Deerheart is lucky. If yep. you eat Deerheart, um, the jacket will... is not lucky by any means. <laughs> I can tell you that. Um, a gear breakdown. Well, we can just talk about our setups um, and our releases. Um, Steve, you can go first. Uh, yeah. So, me, if you heard when I when I did buy my bow, um, keep bringing Ross up. Hooked me up. Um, set me up on my uh, Elite Impulse thirty four. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Elite Impulse uh, 34. Um, I got the NAP, uh, blah, NAP Apache Rest um, Micro Adjust, which I'm actually a huge fan of, man. I think that's like a $70 rest. You liking it? I, dude, I, I, you know, everybody's like, oh, you got to get QAD or you got to get this, you got to get this. And I'm I'm like, man, for what this does, I'm really impressed with it. Um, I run Schwacker Broadheads. Uh, I run the Ted Nugent uh, gold tip arrows. Man, every time grand. every time he shoots an arrow, I hear the ball eagle scream. Yeah, I know. I got to shoot those. <laughs> the stranglehold starts playing. Yeah, the, the Ted Nugent arrows. Yeah, I think they're made in like Korea or something. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Schwackers um, shooting a uh, Carter Chocolate Light four finger that uh, you don't I, th- own? I think I still owe yeah, money yeah. on. Yeah, <laughs> I bought it. I bought that release. Mark <laughs> bought it off me. Yeah, and then Steve stole it. Borrowed it. Yeah. I, no, yeah, I keep forgetting it because yeah, you're like, hey, I need money for that so I can yeah. buy something else. But yeah, no, I uh, you're sweating, Steve. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Mark's right in here, guys. But yeah, that's uh, that's the setup that I. What's your really? Oh, you just said it, Carter. I yeah, was gonna move. I was reading and not thinking. Which um, I I like. You know, I I remember I shot a three finger that I really enjoyed, but the more I got to shoot that four finger, I'm like, okay, this is nice. You know, I'm I'm just a huge fan of uh, of what Carter releases are doing. You know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. No, I, it, it's it, a great release. In you my know, opinion, for, one of the most popular releases, and oh, I yeah. just for some reason want to own every single one of them. I do too, and it's just like you look at the price tag, and you're like, you know, for something that's that good, that's not that bad. I'm mean, I'm just a huge fan of my setup because uh, I'm awesome. You know, <laughs> all right. Steve. I mean, dude, I, wake, I wake up every morning at piss excellence. <laughs> I, I got to ask you stuff that you feel makes you successful that aren't well known, Steve. What makes Steve successful? Yeah, other people hanging my stand, I would were, say. Yeah, yeah. Us, <laughs> us right here. Yeah, everyone. Well, one of my friends gave me some sticks to hang a stand and made yeah. me go buy one, and then my other friend helped me hang it. And, that was a that was a crazy day. But Whenever if you had it, to pinpoint one thing, like if you had to write a book, like the success of Steve, which I, I would definitely read that. Man, book, it would be yeah, it would, it would be. Uh, it's like I, a I half page. Not, I wouldn't even buy it. What makes it's Steve like like what makes me successful? Um, <laughs> overcoming fatness with a positive attitude. That's like hey, do. that's not a bad one. That's you know, definitely, you got you gotta have one, a because you gotta have because if you like if you grow up a fat kid, you here's what you have to do. You have to have a personality. And you just have to prove everybody wrong. 
So, like, if, if you got the God haters. Damn, I just I figured you out. Did you, you brush the haters off? You know what I mean, dude? You got to, if, if you're fat, be jolly, kill them with kindness, prove them wrong. That's the secret to success. Well, but if you're good looking, eh, you ain't really got to worry about working too damn hard. <laughs> hey, man. It makes I, sense, I guess. I'm following you. Mark. No, I mean, I, I don't know. I think, uh, realistically, though, I think success is one of those things that, you know, you kind of have to be in the moment and be ready for it. When, it. when you're handed an opportunity, you have to take it. You have to fail, and you have to fail a bunch, and it sucks, and it's going to bleed you, and you're going to hate it, but you have to fail so that success is that much better. Even with the small things. Like you, like you can't get your iPhone to charge. You keep plugging in, plugging in. You got to keep failing because as soon as you plug that <laughs> phone in and it starts charging again, you're like, oh, I Mark, can wake up and go to work. Let's talk yeah. about your setup. Yeah, that went off the rails. <laughs> I know. I'm like, man, a little you bit. You should have just quit with what you said about. Yeah, Florida. no, that was so <laughs> kept good. Kept fucking going. <laughs> that was so good, and then it just near them. Oh, I shoot the Elite Synergy 2016. Um, just got it this last year when it came out. Uh, I shoot the QAD drop away. Um, awesome rest. Love it. Uh, I shoot the HHA uh, optimizer. King oh, yeah. Pin. I, for, I forgot about that. I um, shoot the kingpin. I talked about it earlier. Yep. Single pin nation. Um, and I shoot the victory arrows, which are the victory VAPs. They're the micro diameter arrows. Um, and they have the insert outserts on the front um i guess that's my favorite part of my setup is my arrows like yeah I, man you're loving those dude things. i oh. love those things they're nasty they hit hard i don't have speed did poppy you know, set those up no uh yeah yeah down at the shed yeah um he should well, um i yeah, moment of archery uh where's yeah, that by champagne yeah, Illinois. yeah that was a while ago um <laughs> i ended up uh you know, they're, they're like a point, what are they, point zero six six diameter. And I don't have much speed with the Synergy, and I have a short draw length. Mm -hmm. So I went with the lighter grains per inch arrow to pick up speed, but put that 50 grain aluminum outsert on the front for more front of center FOC. Right. And they hit like a Mac, and they just bury in the target, and they fly great. I love those Dude, arrows. you rant and raved about those things. I'm, I know. I might check them Dude, out. Dude, you need to check them out. I'm telling you, they hammer. They hammer. I love those Let's arrows. talk, because um, Steve went on a rant, and we couldn't really reel him oh, back yeah, in. Sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> where are we at? Where are we at? Um, holy crap. Um, camo and outerwear. I mean, do you have anything special you feel like you need to mention, or is it... Mm, not anything special as far as that goes. I don't go, which I should probably go with the what do they call it, scent blocker and all that. But I just don't. I didn't spend the money. I hunt the wind, as you know, and I won't go if it's not right. And right. now the scent crusher changing the game. I love that closet, dude. Love it. So <laughs> nothing special for clothes, just dress warm. But one one more thing. And Steve actually went on a rant, but he's actually right. Yeah, the, the, love the more that. the more you screw up, the more you mess up on a big deer, the more you're gonna learn. You have right. to you have to earn that the hard way. Yep. Uh, you know. So I guess secrets would be my best tips. I guess would be, um, or what you know, makes you what successful, makes successful that aren't well known? My entrance and exits of my stands. That's a I'll good. Eat, that's I'll, a good point. I'll, I'll go through creek ditches so I'm not seen, so I'm not smelled. 
you know, I'll have my stands right next to the creek. I'll walk the creek and pop right out of that thing and right up in the tree. So no, don't leave scent on the ground, uh, you know, and then success would be the, you know, how I do scent control with my boots because that's what touches the ground. <coughs> and then, uh, like he said, practice, mm-hmm. practice, practice, practice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You rock? Uh, I shoot a 2016 Hoyt Defiant 34 HHA Kingpin Light. Light, yeah, with the light. you got the yep. dovetail. We all have yep. the dovetail. You don't have the dovetail, do you? No, I don't. I okay. went with the Hunter's version. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all have the dovetail. And then uh, QAD rest with uh, Easton Axis arrows. And I heard great things about those. Yeah, Our good buddy Tim Kitts, I believe, shoots. Oh, no, he's shooting the... He's shooting the full metal jackets. Is he shooting yep. full metal yeah, jackets? My dad shoots those, loves them. Yep. The five, Access are all The five awesome. mils or something, five millimeter. He shoots the micro. Well, what's the deep... Does Easton make the deep six? Yep. Uh, yeah. Because I've, I've heard great things about those arrows, man. Because my Access are the five mils also. Are they the micro? Yep. Oh, cool. And yeah. the insert actually... It's kind of weird. It's kind of hard to explain it, but the insert goes inside the shaft. Nothing sticks outside the shaft. Oh, wow. So it's oh, actually really? ins- inserted like two inches or like an inch into the shaft. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that metal ring on the outside. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder how, the, how that's in- I don't know, man. I actually like huh. the metal being farther out front because you can actually cut your arrows an inch shorter. Right. So you actually can get a faster arrow because, well, I mean, it's only an inch. How many grains are you losing? But Yeah, right. I don't know. But all that weight is out in the totally right on the tip. Right, right. So <laughs> what else? Um, your uh, My release, I shoot a Carter chocolate three-finger. I guess I didn't realize release. you were shooting that. Yep. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realize that either. Same as his, right? Yeah. Almost. But mine's a three finger. I mean, same as yours, right, Mark? Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Same thing, yeah. but one less finger. Same, only different. Yep. And then broadheads, whatever in my quiver. I don't really yeah. have. I mean, mine just. I don't have two of the same broadheads in my quiver, so whichever one I the, grab, yeah, that's what I'm shooting. You're, you're the guy to talk to about broadheads, man. You really are because you're not biased. Like, you're probably no. the. I would say out of everyone I talk to, like. You know, I, I know a lot of smart hunters and intelligent hunters and knowledgeable people, but you're really just like, I don't really, I don't sway one way or another with broadheads, man. If I'll, it flies I'll good, all. I'll shoot it. Right. That's how it is. The so. cut, I guess the cut thing you'll learn later. Or? Yeah. I mean, you don't really know unless you try it, right? Right. That's true, man. Yeah. That's true. Form your own opinion. Yeah. yeah. Can't you know. always believe what it says on the outside of the box. You and if I, if I try it. one and I like it, I'll always have that one in my quiver. You know, like, <laughs> It just goes to number one. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, it just works its way down. It's like, it's like MySpace. He's got his top five. <laughs> yeah, remember that? Friends? Like right now, I have oh, yeah. a, a dead Steve's ringer. Steve's being a dick. He's going number three. He's no longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah I am. Mean, number three. What are I'm these? Still on there? Dead ringer switchback in there. I have a muzzy original muzzy. Uh, you got a schwacker in there, don't you? A schwacker, a G five. It looks like the muzzy kind of just a three blade. Uh, Trocar? Or no, 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 that's, that's the Montec. Isn't the Montec, yeah. sorry. And then what else do I have in there? There's another one, but I can't even remember. And of course, he's tested all these and made sure they all fly the same. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, do they? We don't have one that hits over <laughs> here and one that hits over there. Well, I mean, they're not like, it's not like it's eight inches <laughs> off, you know. Hey, they're off we, a little did bit. Did we talk stabilizers? Did oh, anyone oh, mention no. stabilizers? No, I run eight. I'm saying stabilizers because yeah. I stab, stab. See, you got a stab, bra. Stab, bra. Stabilizers. Can what you kind just of say stabilizers, guys? Just say the whole word. You know, I'm, I got the uh, I got the elite. <laughs> uh, what is it? The eight inch, or is it like the seven inch? 
But it's made by Doinker, I think. Yeah. Yep. Like they like subcontracted it out or whatever. It's a Doinker <laughs> and there's two companies that came together and made this one and I'm like, yeah, this is uh, for, you know, one of those kind of bow brand stabilizers. I'm like, dude, this is top of the line. Yeah, that's what I had on mine too. But then I switched and went to a uh, Bee Stinger. I got a 10 on the front and I went got a back bar too with the adjustable Bee Stinger uh what do they call it? An adapter on the back for your back bar. The quick disconnect? Or yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. For the back. Yep. And then uh, I run an 8 inch B Stinger with 3 ounces in, on the back and 1 ounce on the front. And man, did that make a huge difference. I never thought I'd be a back think, bar shooter. Yeah. But I love it. I yep. had one. You're shooting one, on the, one ounce on the front, three on the one back? One ounce on the front and three on the I back. I think that's what I'm shooting also as well. Yeah. And because that's the, the HHAs, I got 13 ounces. You know, uh-huh. sticking out the front. I don't have the dovetail like you guys, but I get the other release. I just shoot a regular trigger release. Um, it's just a Scott. But what I throw out there is, guys with smaller hands, give the true ball blade uh, thumb release a look. Gene Miller's got that thing, and I've shot it and love it. True ball blade, great release. Yep. What are you shooting for stabilizers, Eric? Did I, miss I it? run. The AAE hot rods. Didn't oh, you? I, I thought yeah, it was yeah. the Eric Common special. The yeah, one you he custom made, in his garage. made some. <laughs> I did. I did make some of those. They're on my. Ooh, I don't even remember what they're Are on. They're on your straw. Straw. I think there. they're still on the strawther. But the yeah. AAE makes. Uh, it's a kit. It's called the Western Hunter kit, and it comes with a, a ten inch front or twelve inch front bar, and then an eight inch sidebar with all the brackets and everything for one hundred twenty four dollars. Whoa, Ooh, that's wow. a yeah. deal. AAE makes that. Wait, yeah. it, it both. Yeah. Both stabs and the stabilizers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Stabilizers. It doesn't come with uh, quick connects, but I mean, you can throw them on if you want. But yeah, that was the best deal, deal I found wow. with the. Yeah. What's the bee stinger? Like if you bought it as a kit, it's like two. Oh yeah. Well, what's, a, what's one? Yeah. What's one twelve inch stabilizer? Eighty nine ninety nine or ninety nine. Yeah. No, the twelve are ninety nine ninety nine. I think. And it comes with, I think, ooh, I don't even remember now. How many ounces on each? I think three on each or something well i'm running a comparable setup mine's a 2016 hoyt defiant 34 all black um it's pretty much they're twins with the uh, optimizer light hha optimizer light dovetail kingpin kingpin um i run a tight spot quiver i hunt with my quiver on um usually oh yeah i didn't talk about i got the elite quiver Good mm-hmm. quiver. So yeah. It is a good quiver. Mm-hmm. Um, it sticks off a little far. Like Sam's got one on her elite. Um, I like the tight spot, man. It it goes good with the dovetail sight, mm-hmm. and it's tucked in real tight to the riser. Um, so it, you know, you, I could get away without my sidebar, but with it, it, it I just shoot so much better. Um, but I'm running a ten inch bee stinger out the front with a twelve inch bee stinger with a quick disconnect out the back. Um, QAD, um, a black. QAD, uh, Hoyt QAD. Uh, ultra Rest. Yep, Ultra Rest. Man, what else am I running? Wait, I got a release. question. What Eric, what? No, wait. Oh, yeah, answer that. I'm doing I... the Scott um, Hex, and that's a kind of like a – it's a back extension with a click, but you don't – you pull back with the strap, and it's like a two-finger, and you squeeze into your click, and then you fall through the release. I love it for hunting. I've, it's, I'll probably always shoot one. But I also have to experiment this summer – the Longhorn Hunter. Oh, yeah. I um, forgot you got that. Yeah, I drew back with it, and it's like it's way different because there's no rope from like the wrist strap to that. So it's Yeah, you got to hold it 1 o'clock. It makes me feel super short. Like mm-hmm. it makes it 
It just doesn't feel right. I got to play with it a little bit. What uh, what kind of grip you run in Iraq? Ooh, that is a good question. <laughs> I forgot. Rattler grips from <sighs> Handsome Rob, the most handsome guy around. You <laughs> man, know? I got a call, guy. Rob, man. I've my been custom call, Rob. WCB. Uh, man. Yeah, it's that, sick. Yeah, that, it's it a one piece. Sick. It's a one piece. Only two are made, he said. I got one, and T-Bone has the other one. Man, that's custom right there. <laughs> yeah. so, it's going to be worth some money one day. You got number two. Did he sign number two in on I, the inside of it? I wish he would have, but he didn't. Rob. Send it back. <laughs> Come on, Rob. We're gonna I'll get send that. it back to him because now he it's kind of He killed a giant. Oh, yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, yeah he he's did. a stud. I got to add that to the uh, trophy room. And yeah. uh, Shake You Leaf sent us a good buck. I got to add that to the trophy room this week yeah. also. I got to call Rob. Rob, I'm sorry. Handsome Rob. I will, I will be calling Call you. him up. Um, they're well worth it because you can customize them to whatever you want. Yeah. Um. What else did I miss? I feel like I'm missing something. Um. Didn't got it all there. Oh, my hunting clothes. I just buy uh, Gander Mountain stuff. It's yeah, cheaper. They good, yeah, I they made like their and, scent stuff. Yeah, um, it's, it's good quality stuff, but again, scent crusher. Yeah, I do. Them. I have a um, a scent blocker suit. Not that I'm like, I don't really care. I've had scent lock. I've had scent blocker. It's good. Good clothing. Right. I, uh, I mean, no matter what, even though it's a scent blocker suit, I just like the way they fit and like the the convenience of like my harness buckles into my jacket and goes out the slit in the back of my jacket and it's got like the wind blocker. It does help in the wind. And For um, early season, I have this uh, sweatshirt I got from Salvation Army. It's not even like a name brand <laughs> camo or anything, but it is the most comfortable sweatshirt I've yeah. ever worn. Um, and it's nice and light. It's awesome. You know, you know what I was about to buy and I I like forgot. I, for I was at no, I was at Farm Fleet, and I forgot my wallet. And I don't know, like you know, sometimes they get like these um, these brands that come into like Farm and Fleet or whatever. But it was this hand warmer. You know, it was one of the deals that like you strap around around you, like you know, you see like football players wear, but you like you tuck your hands. I in there. have one of those. And the that way is the best thing I've ever run. The way it was set up because it's not like just like a like a like a Swiss roll. You know what I mean? Where you put it's your two angled. It was angled. Yeah, yep. it had a little front pocket right mm-hmm. there. I was like. Dude, yeah, what I do because, especially late season when it's cold out, I still wear really thin gloves just because I don't wear. Gloves. I, I don't wear gloves at all. And that all, and that yeah. little tootsie roll thing, you can put like <laughs> five of those hand warmers in there. Yeah. Oh and just yeah. Stuff your hands in there, and they're warm all the time. I just I remember seeing that, and I was like, dude, I, I like I wanted it so bad, and I was I was getting ready to buy it, and I look at it and have my wallet, and I go. Well, they Why even make them now. Out? There's a little flap that you can open, and there's like a clear screen so you can have your phone in there. So it's oh, wild all the time. And Steve like, will never oh, see yeah. a deer again. Whoa. What? Yeah. 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 Oh, I've man. That, I've seen that at Menards, I think. Had, hey, hey, there's one question birds. here I want to address real quick because we really can't answer it, but I will tell them. Um, C underscore I just w- saw the Willis 662. Uh, we'd love to hear someone speak about rut hunting in the south. Um, our deer are just getting into pre-rut. Um I can't talk about that because I've never deer hunted in the South. Um, neither of us have. No. Or any, no experience. No experience it. here. Um, but what I can do is if someone knows someone knowledgeable in, in the South, that from the South that, or who's hunted in the South a lot that they would like to hear on the podcast, I can do my best to try and get them on as a guest and we can discuss that. I got a guy. Um, yeah, because I'm curious. You got a guy? Yeah. Okay, Eric's got, got a guy. guy. If someone guy. else has any recommendations, and we're open to it also, we can always do a couple, or we can yes. do a multi. Yeah, um, Nick, let me figure it out. But uh, thanks for the – sorry, I can't answer that. I just, yeah. I'm just i not going to bullshit you. Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> no, Nick, uh, Nick McAdams, um, he put a question out on Twitter that um, yeah, he wants to hear something in the future, which is awesome. Um, 
you know, he wanted to hear us discuss Miss blah, 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 Midwest Coyote hunting do tactics in the future. Why you don't like that? No, that's how that's like the verbal backspace. Just work through it. But uh, <laughs> thanks. He wants to get some other guy involved. Uh, John underscore Collins three. So get a hold of us. You know, I I want to do some coyote hunting, like some serious coyote. Would be a good time. Would be fun. Um, so here we got a couple on. There's a couple on Facebook. Um, we're running out of time, but we can cover it. Um, Chris Van Dyke said, "How's the wind pros working for you guys?" And uh, I have since gun season, man. I'm not going to lie. I haven't. I put some wind pros out on a fresh scrape, and then I had a bunch of guys push my property, <laughs> yep. and I pulled all my cameras out because I didn't want the people running through or trespassers during gun season to steal my cameras. Yeah. The bad thing, the when I put ours out, we got that really bad rain couple days later so i haven't really i haven't been back to that property what i did notice there's one scrape where i put a little bit of it, the wind pro stuff in it and i put it on the branch and on the ground and even after the rain i did it wasn't a heavy rain but enough to where i'm like oh it's for sure gonna be gone it was still there yes yeah, you haven't so, been back to that property i tested on so yeah that was kind of the uh, same we're not a lot of help <laughs> i know yeah, yeah i put it on i'll i'll be able to tell you guys because there was a fresh scrape that i put a camera on and i uh i put some of the the dominant buck wind pro on there, and then the licking branch, and I left the camera, and I, I was trying to make it back, but I haven't. So when when I do, you know, I'll send you pictures. Of, we'll do a follow up. Yeah, we'll for sure get a follow up. Um, I like how easy it is to how easy the the wind pro. Um, I don't want to call it like the little uh, carabiner. Yeah, the carabiner. You and that this, damn carabiner. I, 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 just, <laughs> I like how easy it it. It Anything easy for Steve, he likes it. Get a it. carabiner anywhere. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the product. Those are like, I'm a fan of it. You know what I want to you know like do? Six cents at when, it, when I run out of store. it, here's what I'm going to do. Seriously, it runs out. I wash it out real good. Fill it with vodka. No, I'm going to put a Kool-Aid packet in there. So like, I take a water bottle up there with me, a couple of squirts of Kool-Aid. Dude, I'll be good to go. You're an idiot. I'm going to pre-mix the Kool-Aid and <laughs> sugar. Kool-Aid. I think this is a good question. I had one. It's uh, a good idea. How do you <laughs> this is a really good idea. Yeah. Don't, don't hate. Appreciate. Yeah, that's right. How do you feel about scent control during late season and cold, snowy weather? Who's that question from? From uh, Wes Hanson on Facebook. Say it again. So, how do you feel about scent control during late season with cold, snowy weather? I'd say like you always got to be up. It's, it's always stay up on it. It's important. I remember someone was talking about it. Even when they go turkey hunting, they're worried about scent control because of the future deer that they could bump. Yeah, you know? I don't think point. your regiment should ever change. You should be diligent about mm-hmm. everything. You know what a giant... Well, I don't know exactly how the guy did it, but I heard that somebody tell... Uh, I guess he was a guide, and I saw it on TV or something in a hunting show... And somebody said, well, what about your little secret? And he's like, don't tell my secret. But basically, they called him Rubber Man. So basically, and I've heard somebody talk about this before, where I went to taxidermy school, and the the teacher learned how good that a rubber, like a rain suit, will work because he was hunting a fence line in the rain and got, you know, deer got downwind of him. But they called this guy on this hunting show the Rubber Man. So there's something to wearing some kind of like a, you know, like fishermen will wear like a rain suit on the like boat. A latex right. suit. Yeah. Dude, think about it. Rubber. When I go to the, to change my trail cameras, I wear rubber gloves every time just because I have them because I do taxidermy. Right. You know, I wear rubber boots every time I go in the woods. There's something to wearing like a rain, a rubber type oh, it's rain totally, suit. It's totally like a conceal everything. Clothes. It's like a seal. 
Like but yeah. you're, you're probably going to sweat if you got to walk a long way. But maybe somebody can <laughs> Seems to be sweating nope, in the first nope, 10 All right, feet. guys, 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 new Genius uh, idea. It is new, a good point, man. I, I wear see. your long underwear underneath, you know. New and secret. Maybe put the rain suit on top right. of that. Steve, we're trying to talk like real shit I know. here. And then put your heavy gear on top of that. You know, anything to keep that's your a, scent in, maybe. Wow, that's, that's a good weird. idea, man. Yeah, no, ready. new secret, man. Before you go to the woods, Thompson water seal. Just pour it all over you. <laughs> yeah. Um, just, that's, yeah, man. Ron Schaefer has a question here about how to score a deer, but it's going to take a bit to explain. So I want to see if we had some other ones that you guys had in mind real quick. Um, and if I, we don't get to it, we can do a, another episode on yeah, the process of Ron. So. Yeah, because he was really curious. I got to measure one of yeah. uh, his buck, I guess, So, um, which is completely fine. It's a really nice buck. Yeah, sure it, We put it in the trophy room. Um, it's on our website if you want to check that out. Um, did you guys got anything pulled up right now? You guys obviously weren't ready. Let's uh, no, a lot. Yeah, uh, no, I'm just reading through them because a lot of them we kind of already touched on. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought we already got most of them. Yeah, we basically. Oh, so I got all. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. We've Um, got all the ones we need. So Ron Shaver said, "I want to hear how to score a deer." Um, Yeah, we can look it up online, but to maybe hear Kurt score mine, so folks can understand what an official score is looking at. Um, seems folks to do it online and still think that, and I still think, still think they are lying. Um, yeah. The easiest thing to do, just go by the wild game innovations tape and you're good to go. I don't know why I hate that product so much. I think it's because, because you're official measure, because think. you're an official measure and it's like guys like, you know, it's for I a shouldn't lot of hate it that much. Well, it's for like a lot of working class guys, you know, when you're like a plumber or an electrician and you go in to do something and how much is that? Look that up. Uh, I will. And, you know, you go in there and the homeowner tries to tell you, you know, how to do something. And you're just like, listen, I'm I'm the guy to do this. You know what I mean? Like, don't tell me yeah, how to do but my. At the same time, yeah. it's like, see how much it is. If it's a couple bucks, whatever. <laughs> but if they're getting 10 bucks yeah. for that, they have to. Get you got a tape measure at your house right. and I can tell you exactly how to do it. You can take Ooh, it. <laughs> Kurt, seven bucks. Go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> Seven dollars. Yeah, Come have, on, man. Who doesn't have a tape measure and a pen and a it's paper? It's going to take you longer to stick that shit off, put it on the beam and tear it mm. off, and then sit there and go, oh, that's, oh, I guess that's kind of, oh, four and four. I, does, it, does it have it by the eighth of an inch? It's got yeah. to, don't it? Yeah. It is. Oh, yeah, it does. Well, okay. Hey, you get, hey, but, but to be fair, you get 600 inches of adhesive scoring tape. So for all you shotgun hunters, 600 deer. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> basically you don't really use a tape measure though. no ca- hey for all yeah, you shotgun hunters out there score your buck in minutes no calculators needed you use a steel cable <laughs> and an alligator clip that's what i use but it's why do you have alligator clips laying around because i'm uh kurt's assistant measurer he is <laughs> so i mean okay maybe oh, so you can oh i get it maybe yeah. i'm hating on it too you hard put, you put the alligator clip on the end of the cable and that marks like the end of the with the measurement yeah when you get to an end of a time so oh, let's talk yeah, about yeah, this yeah. product real fast is it what does it do it just adds up the inches as you go or is there like a well there's gotta see, be a start over that's point. what i can't right, see yeah it has get. to be but i'm like looking at it steve will you buy some of this so we can check it out yeah i don't uh, have seven dollars i was actually watching the show the other day and they had an office girl go in and score one of the deer that matt uh what's his name Busbus. yeah had killed and it was a smaller deer so they were making fun of him and asking him if he put that on the company credit card to pay for it uh-huh. so he's like and she's like, I've never scored a deer. Oh, the directions are right here on the back. And she took the tape and put it on there, and 103 inches. <laughs> really? <laughs> and so I don't know if it was continuous tape 
you know, huh. or each one's marked. You know, you know we're what? Gonna, Maybe we're gonna know what we're gonna do. We're gonna buy some of this tape for shits and grins. You wanna have a score off? Yep. I think it's us versus you. But the see? thing is, but the thing is, <laughs> we could have a score off, like oh, like measure the same rack. Same thing, yeah. Well, we could do that, and, but because we know you're gonna be more accurate. Addition. Like, hey, wait, hold on. So I mean, on. you know what? Maybe this I'm is, hating too hard. Reading I actually it. think it's gonna, this stuff would work good. But I've yeah, never I, seen Mark's it. a fan. It might. I, it I, might. I Tell me about it a little bit. So, yeah, quickly, what it says there, quickly. You quickly and easily grow score your trophy in as little as three minutes. Uh, score, up, score. score up to three booners per pack. <laughs> <laughs> it's only gross score, right? Which yeah. I get it. Nets are for fishing. So 600. <laughs> uh, additional uses for blood trailing, trail marking, and yardage marking because it's like reflective. Uh, easily visible in low light, no prior experience necessary, must have in every hunter's pack. You know what, though? I I get why people buy it. I think because it's it's a hunting camp thing. Yeah, I kind of get how we, I get why people buy it, but I'm just, I'm a hater. Most, so, most people don't have the tools that you have. To, yeah, but you can get, I feel like. score sheets or. I get it, man. It, but it, It's a quick, basic, rough guess of what it's going to be. But then you're going to run it's, the same thing, you know, when you go to measure it, you know, you're going to have. Those skeptical people right. be like, "You're gonna, it's gonna be a different number, and then right. they're right. gonna be mad about it." I mean, here's the thing: is I'll just give you basic eight point rack. We'll just use my buck from last year as an example because he's just <coughs> basic, big eight point whatever. So every deer, no matter what, and this is gonna be really brief, and I, we can get more into detail later. But I'm just gonna give a general layout: every deer, no matter what, non typical, typical, doesn't matter has a typical score. So you see the hole in the horn buck with junk all over the place. That deer has a typical frame. So that deer's got a G1, a, a G1 on the other side. He's got a typical frame that you can go through and, and, and determine, okay, this is his typical frame. He's a main frame what as a typical. Mm-hmm. So when I refer to my dad's big buck that he has, my dad has a net 183, gross 191 buck. It's a 16-pointer, but it's a – mainframe eight pointer and all the other points are abnormal. There's no technically by the book. If you want to go like, you know, air quotes by the book, Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young book, there's no such thing as a non-typical point. It's an abnormal point is how they refer to it. So if you're measuring an eight pointer, the only spread credit you get when you're looking at the width is inside spread. That's the only spread credit you get your spread credit cannot be and so okay where am i going back even on the score sheet you're going to get tip to tip you're going to get greatest spread that's supplemental data for the boone and crockett and the potent young club that's and i think that's for them to kind of get an idea of the frame of your deer or what they're dealing with or that's kind of like a picture in their head that way if something's wrong if something's trying to rig something they can look at those and be like well these numbers look kind of out of mm-hmm. whack compared to what the inside spread is but mm-hmm. you can have your yeah, that's inside. where Steve Buck and Eric Buck comes into play. Right, your yep. inside spread can be twenty, but if your greatest spread's thirty, yeah. it's like, well, okay, that buck better have a kicker way off one of the points, running way off to the yeah. side for the greatest spread. So your in, your inside spread is what counts. That's inside the main beam to inside a main beam at the widest point without going like out to the tip or what. Yeah. It's going to come back in, so you'll find it. It's easy. The natural curvature will give you that inside spread. Then what you're going to do? What I do? I run the main beam measurements. And the main beam measurements, if you looked, the easiest way to explain it without showing someone, and this is, this is difficult, if you went to the side of the main beam, the side of the deer's rack, 
and put a, your finger right on where the center of that would be, and you ran it all the way to the tip of the antler. Outside or inside? On the outside. Outside, it's okay. Every measurement on the tines and the main beam is basically on the outside of the yep. beam. So if you put your finger on the center point on the outside of the main beam of where the center line through, if you cut that that main beam in half, yep. you put your finger there, and you'd run that natural curvature around. It'll almost kind of be on the back of the main beam to the base of the antler. That probably sounds very confusing, but without having video to show you, maybe that's something we can do with video. Yeah. That's how you do your main beam measurements. It's hard. And I always run the main beam measurement two, three times to make sure I'm getting the same measurement over and over again because I don't want to slip. And that's where Mark, when I measure most of my deer at Mark's house, he helps me hold. It's a cable I'm laying on this. So this cable lays perfectly on the curvature and the dips and bumps and whatever on the antler and around points and whatever I need it to do. And then there's an alligator clip, and I clip it on the end. I have a tape that extends out. It's not a tape. It's like a ruler. It's a carpet, carpenter's tape. Yep. And that, uh, and, I, yeah. and I run the tape on that, and that gives me my measurement. to the near, Deer are always to the nearest eighth of an inch. Skulls are to the nearest sixteenth of an inch. So that's the main beam measurement. Next, you're going to do your G1, your G2, your G3 points on an eight-pointer. The end of the main beam is, when you look at a deer, is considered a point but it's not measured as a point because that's already included in your main beam measurement. So your G1 point, brow tines, eye guards, depends where you're at. Mm -hmm. G1, if you made a baseline, so if you cut those tines off clean at the main beam, that's where your baseline is going to run. And I have a certain way of marking my baseline as I run my cable around each end of it, almost as like if I was going to use the cable to saw off the tine. And I'll put masking tape at the base of each tine and do a pin mark, and that marks my baseline. So what you're saying is lay it on top of the main beam, and that line is your baseline. And kind of re- it's it's that's one of those things. I'll rub it right. around, do a pin mark, and that'll give you your baseline. Yep. So that shows yep. you where to mark. So I have a designated baseline, and that's where a green score can differentiate from a net score because green score I won't always tape them off. I'll rough the baseline. The net score I'm taping it off, and it's accurate and it's gonna be right with the brow tines you can do it sometimes they curve back sometimes they curve forward sometimes they do weird things you can go from the front or back and take the longer of the two so that's where a lot of people can be shorted on their score Um, sometimes if there's a point along so we'll go to the g2 same scenario right up the main beam running up to the top same thing every point from there typical point from there on out with a split kind of the same thing if there's a split off the g2 running straight off like a mule deer Mule deer gets measured differently from a whitetail, but we'll just focus on whitetails for now. You basically, like you slice that split off clean and measure it Off the G2. Yep, off the G2. Measure it off at an angle at the center line and mark it. Um, Something interesting, if your point is running straight out, not back. Oh, man, that's going to be hard to explain. Um, Like a kicker? If a point, so basically when I mark my baseline and how I would lay on the outside of the tine to measure the G2 all the way to the tip, if there's a point that's going to disrupt the cable of how it would lay naturally on the point, and you have to go around a kicker that like shoots straight off to the left of the deer's tine, right. you have to measure around it on each side, and you take the shorter of two measurements. Because if you take the longer, you're giving the deer more credit for what's well, not yeah, there. Not worth. Right. Yep. So you take the shorter distance between the two distances. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the typical score, if the G2 on the left side is six inches and the G two 
on the right side is 4 inches. That deducts 2 inches from your typical score. To be considered a non-typical buck, it has to have 15 inches or more abnormal points added to to add to the score. If it has 14 or less, it's a deduction because it's considered typical. And the and people are like, "Well, what the hell is up with that?" Well, typical is the perfect looking deer is basically what it's kind of based right. off. What symmetrical? We have symmetry. It's all symmetry. Yep. So you know, if your G two is ten on one side, twelve on the other, that takes two inches from your score. So moving on from that, once you do your main beams, you do your tines, your G one, your G two, your G three, and, and so on up to G seven. As I've never had it go past, yeah. I've never had it go that far. Every deer, no matter what, has four circumference measurements, an H1, an H2, an H3, and an H4. And that is between H1, between the base of the antler and the in the G1. <coughs> Sorry. At the smallest point. So that's a lot of people don't get. They take it from the biggest point, usually, yeah. and that adds to a lot. So the smallest circumference between the base and G1, between the G2, or G1 and G2, and uh, G2 and G3, or, you know, it depends on a spike. You divide that length of the spike and four pieces, even pieces, and that's where your circumference so measurements So every, no matter what, they all have four. <clears throat> yeah, every deer, no matter what, has uh, circumference measurements. Four. Four. Yeah. Every deer with a typical frame, anyway, a measurable ty- typical frame. I'm getting a dry mouth from talking. <laughs> well, this is all confusing. I mean, if you want to avoid the confusion, I highly recommend... Wild Game Innovations trophy tape. <laughs> Go ahead and <laughs> right. Okay. T- tell your buddies how big your deer I may, was. I may have just like made it why that is that, yeah. that product is useful, but yeah. well, I mean, you know, there. Eight. It's not that complicated. It sounds complicated because you're hearing it on a podcast, and I can't right. show you. If I showed you, you just do it here. You do it here. I'm trying. I'm trying to give you. If you're gonna do it at home and you're wondering what all goes into it, that's how you get a, a record book official net score. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's how you do it. The biggest tip I'd give is anybody can Google. How to measure it. Yeah. Google, what would they call that paper, you know? Uh, or the score sheet. Pope and Yeah, a score sheet. Yeah, the yeah. Google Pope and Young score sheet. And you can print that off on your computer. And it shows you dotted lines drawn on mm-hmm. those antlers and tells you on line one, take this measurement here, the smallest right. The biggest, the longest, you know, take right. it from here, take it from there. It, you, if you have half a brain, you can actually score your own deer fairly close. Now you might make some mistakes, right? But you're still going to get pretty you're close. Get it's because exactly. the directions on that paper are pretty darn good, actually. Yeah, they are. So and, you know, I might. It's I, I know it sounds confusing when I explained it because I kept going, I kept going, but the, it's, it's the not more, that bad. The more, well, like what you said though, when the most confusing part is when you get these stickers and kickers and right. and people don't know what to do with them and where to measure from it can get confusing when you get more of a non-typical deer or deer with flyers and that's kickers. where experience comes yeah. in because even with that trophy tape if you got a non-typical buck and i don't know i'd have to maybe we need to just get some and tear it out and play with it but like if you get a buck with three split brows on both sides one of those brow tines is a typical brow and this work can kill you yeah. if well, which one's the typical brow? Well, if I do this one and this one and I'm wrong, you know, that could really affect the typical score, right. which affects the overall outcome of the score of this deer. So it's. Well, and two, uh, 
about this wild game thing with your like you're saying your circumference you always take the smallest point and i know notice when you do it you'd have that cable and you go up and down until you well, find what, the smallest circumference point. i'm using my tape but my tape will flex yeah and like yeah. what you're saying i'm running around i run it yeah. from one time to the other until i get the smallest point. right but yep. can you do that with that i would think not think you'd have to buy stick. about six boxes of it i would think yeah. you're yeah, guessing that, yeah right, unless right. you can cut a piece and it doesn't the back doesn't come off right away. Yeah, right. I would think that it would be harder. I would assume with the trophy tape, you're going to get it's a, a g- bigger score than what your deer actually is. Yeah, it's a guesstimate. That's what we need to do is take the same rack, have you measure them both. First one with the wild game stuff, and then second. We could do it. With, if Ron's cool with it, we could do it with his yeah. buck. The, yeah. His is a big buck, and it would yeah. be, we'll have you guys can do it with the tape. Mm-hmm. Let's no, do that. have you do it with the tape because you know what you're doing. I think you guys should read the directions on the yeah. box and okay, do it because then you right. guys don't know how to do yeah, it. And well, then I'll come in and measure it how I know how to measure it. And then you you do got to, um, you know, wonder too. I mean, how – I know, like, you know, for you, you care a lot, you know, how that score is. But I know there's guys out there that – But I don't really give a fuck when it comes to the end I know. of it because like, <laughs> it's just a number. I get yeah, it. I, know. I support the record system because it does a lot for bow hunting. Oh, I, I love I, it. I take yeah. a lot of pride in being a, a measure, but you can understand why guys would buy this because they I, don't. I care about the. I do get it. The I circumference do. are like this is how many inches of bone was on this deer's head before I blew it away during Illinois rifle season, which starts right after dark. I, That's a joke. Thank you, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew Smith, uh, Scott's kid, for uh, turning me on to that funny joke. No, I, dude, I, I totally get it. I really do, and I get the whole gross net thing. And yeah. well, guys, when I measure deer for guys, like I know you guys are about net. I'm like, listen. Yeah. I'm all about bone, man. If it's yeah. there, it's there. And yeah. Pope and Young and Boone and Crockett, Pope and Young is uh, they recognize they're going to start recognizing gross. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get it, man. If someone asks you what's your deer score, if it grossed 160 but netted 140, it's a 160. Yeah, in my, book yeah. It, it, my, in my book, it is all day long. Yeah, yeah. that's and that's what people don't get. They're like, well, well, what it go? I'm like, well, it grossed 141 but it netted 138. Well, should I tell people it's 141 yeah. or 138? I'm telling it's 141. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like when they yeah. can keep both scores so you can see. Because, like, that, that gives you a real idea of what that deer looks like right. or what it could. So it's like, you know, oh, he, he, he you know, he netted, uh, you know, 171, but grossed, you know, 158. And you're like, man, that thing probably yep, looks really. That doesn't make really, sense. Oh, that way. I guess the net it. and gross. Yeah, or right, net and gross. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> net and gross. Yeah, flip those. It, but, you know, you could you can get an idea. You're like, yeah, he has to look really nasty. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. One thing is it has to net 155. As a non-typical. As a non-typical. And 125 is a typical. And, right, yeah. But for Pope for, and Young. For what about Booner? It's 170. I yeah. think Booner's one. S- I thought it was one eighty. It's one seventy all time. Why so was I thinking one eighty five? No, it's one seventy to make the book, and that's net, correct? That's a net. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's why when someone says, "That's why you always hear," yeah, <laughs> love I, the love the guys from Juries. That's why you always hear gross boon. Yeah, gross boon. Because yeah. they're deer. I mean, they're boons. I mean, I get it. If I shot a booner, if I shot a deer that grossed one eighty five and he netted one sixty eight. Yeah, I got a booner. And that's where if you guys are new and you hear someone say booner, it's yeah, a big deer. It's a big deer. Like, yeah, oh yeah, I got a booner on the I wall. A, I got a booner on trail camera. And everybody Man, I, says that, you know, a lot of guys, that's the biggest misnomer on TV, if that's the correct word. Oh, it, it really doesn't matter what it scores. 
You yeah, know. so so Ned, yeah, when you go home, it does because you oh, tell yeah. your buddy, "Oh, I shot a 170." Absolutely. So Nets, right. yeah, Nets, Nets lower and Gross is higher, right? <laughs> I mean, yep. All right, so Gross, yeah, we should switch. That's that. why they always say Net is for fishing. <clears throat> yeah, so your Gross pay should be like when when you get Net and Gross, Gross should be what you actually get because it's so gross of how many taxes <laughs> are taken out of your paycheck <laughs> and how many deductions yeah. you get off your deer. Well, I want to uh, go on a rant. Like, in closing, we'll, we'll start to in wrap closing. her up. Just I want to like say a... something here. Just because I measure deer doesn't mean that I'm Mr. You got to pass 150s. I'm not that guy. Oof, and I've yeah. said on the podcast a Didn't lot. Didn't get that from his earlier rant. <laughs> but, no, I'm talking no, about. I know. I... Save your damn money and buy some more tree stands so you can kill deer and have somebody that knows how to measure deer measure them. That's what I'm saying. Love you guys. But, uh,. <laughs> I but forgot. if you feel like buying the tape, go buy the tape and uh, prove Kurt wrong. I would love to see you that. Know, <laughs> I, I'm really, I'm really not like. I'm kind of like, ah, damn it, just measure it. Like, yeah. just learn to measure it, you know. And then mm-hmm. you can measure for your buddies and stuff, and yep. it's accurate and cool. Yeah. It's just cool to know how to yeah. do it. It's a nostalgic thing, I guess, for yeah. me. I'm kind of like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I do. Like I, I like, I can type in the score sheets if I want and send them in, like you know, type them on a computer. But I like the nostalgic the of like way. the old handwritten score oh, yeah. sheets, man. Are so cool to me like i got a book uh legendary white tales i think that shows the yeah. old the scratches and all the writing on the old score sheets from like yeah. the yep. the mel johnson buck man that's that stuff's awesome They're to just, me. Stuff just like the, the golf pencils they, yeah no erasers on them yep. yeah. <laughs> right, right. just little notes everywhere <laughs> but uh what i'm saying is just, i'm shoot what deer makes you happy and one yeah. thing that i'm real tired of seeing um lately online is He's not the nuts. monster we wanted, but he'll do. Or yeah. I know he's not big, but I'm happy with him. Don't make excuses to anybody else about the deer you shot. Be yep. if you shot it, step up and be proud, man. I think, awesome I think hunt. Clint, I had a great time. I think Clint Gasper explained it the best. He said, he "If that deer is coming in and your heart is racing and pumping, shoot that thing. Yeah, yeah. shoot it." Yep. Oh, I was about to shoot. Matter. I was about to shoot a small buck, man. He came in. I was watching him the whole time. I'm like this deer is about to die. It was during the first <laughs> Illinois gun season. But to meet his death. And, and I had, dude, I was wearing blaze orange with my bow. I'm like, I'm about to shoot this deer. Mm-hmm. And I, I literally watched him. And he came out. He started walking right up the trail behind me. He was like 15 yards behind me. I was like, son, you're dead. You're dead. And then, like, I did, I, he didn't you come up this trail. He walked over here. And I was like, where in the world did I drop my glove? And then he's looking right at me. But, dude, I was about ready to shoot that deer. I was about to be super happy. <laughs> Typical Steve story. Oh, shit, I dropped my glove. Yeah, no, I, I did. And it was, you know, it was one of them things. But I was super excited, man. I would have shot that deer, and I would have been the happiest camper on the planet. Just like you're scared oh, of the dark. You know what I mean? And it wasn't like, dude, this deer probably would have netted like a... <laughs> 57 or something like that. <laughs> but I didn't care because I was like, dude, dude, how cool would it be to take to shoot a buck and not have to eat deer nuts with a bow during gun season legally? Well, why didn't you shoot him? Well, that's a- I, I didn't get a shot at him. He, uh, ca- he okay. came out the he came. It was real weird. I'll have to like show you the path he took. But yeah, he came out. Like I, I, I was totally expecting where he was going to be, where he's going to be. And then he's like four yards like right behind me. Like where I couldn't right. turn. I thought you changed him. your mind at the last second. No. Oh no, no, <laughs> he's too small. The guys that give me shit. Oh <laughs> no, that, no, that, I just, that, oh. just couldn't kill him, man. Oh, that, no, that that deer was gonna die. But yeah, it was just one of them. 
One of them deals, man. Closing I, statements. See, Steve, since you're going, might as well go with yours. That was my closing statement, really, dude. You just if it if you got <laughs> if you get excited, like that would have been in the moment. Like That's even a great a, point, that, man. that deer is you know that deer was tiny. It was probably a two and a half year old. I would have mounted it, but like, dude, I One shot this during gun season. Yearly. <laughs> yeah. You think so? Uh you'd have to I, I don't know. I probably got a Little baby, I, little baby. I think he walked right past that uh, <laughs> that camera that I set up, so I'll be able to show you. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't checked it since. I'm excited, Mark. Uh, I guess uh, if, if we're going towards that, if you see a deer coming and you you'll know <clears throat> if it's a shooter, you know you're gonna know. You'll know oh, it's yeah. a shooter to you, especially. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you have to look at it and stare at it for a while and make it into a shooter. Well, I have a good point. I have that thing where not a shooter where I see deer and I get excited no matter what (laughs) a doe, anything. But when there's a buck that you say, oh, you know, for a fact, your heart just starts pounding that much more, you know. Actually, you know what? It's funny when you say that, Mark, this buck in the studio, both Steve. Mm -hmm. I I love that buck. I do. And he's a pretty good sized deer. That deer. I saw him coming in from like 100 yards. I'm like, not a shooter. And I was all like 160 or better that year. Yeah. I was like, not a shooter, not a shooter. I had a doe like 10 minutes come in. He came in right after. I'm like, oh, man, he's pretty cool, man. He's yeah. got some good brows on him. Yep. I'm like, I had a muzzleloader at the time. Like, I bowed my ass <laughs> off. I'm sitting in the tree. I'm like, all right, yeah, he's like 15 yards. Boom. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I was pretty pumped, too. But, you I, know. I shoot that deer tomorrow. <laughs> <He's> a, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. I think he was just a right. big a big three-year-old. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. man, I, I love him. I think he looks good yep. in the studio, too. Yeah. Hopefully I, he falls on Steve's and pales his ass. Yeah. But. <laughs> can, I, can, can, I, can I bring up something real quick? Um, Michigan no. Department of Natural Resources on their Facebook. This is awesome. They um, I screenshotted it. I was going to show you guys. This dude, Ryan, who hunted... Archery and firearm season for 19 years. Finally bagged his first deer on November 27th. And this dude is so happy with his deer. And, I, dude, I'm super excited. That guy is, like, my favorite guy on the planet because he's got a cabbie hat. He hunted 19 years. He went for 19 seasons. <laughs> Just disappointment. 18 seasons, disappointment. He finally oh shot Atlanta. a deer. And Whoa. dude, I wonder how we good that deer tastes. We gotta have this tastes. guy on the podcast. Oh, we should. I want to find this guy. Heck yeah, why yeah. wouldn't we? Anyone in Michigan, if you see this, that guy has the most patience out of uh, anyone dude. I know. You know he loves anyone. nineteen he years stuck with it that long. Oh my! Let's Lanta. get his. Uh, let's get get his contact. Let me let's see find that him. That dude. That dude amazing. went. We, we need our listeners to go to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources page, Facebook page. Find him and uh, yeah, contact Ryan and send us. Or if anyone knows Ryan, yeah, we want to. Nineteen years, dude. He started hunting when I was like six. Man, like, what? A, it's got to be tough where he. He hunts. sat every day. You remember how I was complaining about, dude? I've been this it's whole season, man. This season hunts. sucks. This dude has been like, dude. These two decades that, have that gives sucked. Me, that gives me the shivers. <laughs> I know this. This, this like, dude has literally crazy. went that a is crazy. decade, almost two decades. Of sitting and not seeing deer. All right, deers. boys. We're going to wrap her up. Let's wrap this thing up. I think we, we need to do this more often. I think more listeners. Oh, yeah. Questions. Oh, yeah. We'll have to do a listener call in here soon after uh, yep. once season starts slowing down a little more. Yeah, start sending in questions. Uh, WorkingClassBowHunter.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, find us there. You know, send the questions in. We'll, we'll shelf them. And then we'll do another episode here. The and, the shoot is getting worked out slowly but surely. We'll have a date soon and a location. We had to relocate, so that postponed some things a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the store is under construction. 
workingclassbowhunter.com. Everyone, good luck. We're getting almost half. We're about halfway through the season, maybe closer to the later end. But good luck. Strive out there if you haven't got one yet. Good luck. The podcast. Bring the podcast luck your way. Share us up a bit. Kurt's literally fanning it towards oh, yeah. you guys. <laughs> yes. I am. I'm more relaxed. I got my buck already. I'm fanning it to the boys in the studio. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you.